0: Welcome to He Restores My Soul with Jannie Ortland and Heidi Howerton, where you can find encouragement for your busy life through God's renewing mercies. Welcome,
1: everyone. It's so good to be with you here today. Heidi Howerton is here with my wonderful friend, Jannie Ortland, And we have been studying the Ten Commandments over these past couple months together. And today, we're specifically looking at the seventh commandment again, thou shall not commit adultery. Last week, we talked about what the seventh commandment means. And this week, we want to talk about what it means to live out the seventh commandment.
0: Yes, we don't want to just teach the what, we want to teach the how. And we want to do that in two ways. We want to teach how to live this out, and then how to give it To the children in your life. So today we're going to talk specifically about living out God's command to us, you shall not commit adultery. We know from Malachi 2.6 that God says he hates divorce. Why? Well, because marriage, every marriage, points to something higher than human romance. Marriage is God's idea, and marriage is uniquely a symbol of Christ and the church in love together. Ephesians chapter 5, we see that. Now, some of you listening today have gone through the terrible sorrow of a divorce. You know firsthand the pain and bitterness and tragic repercussions that come from the severance of a one-flesh relationship torn apart. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your own marriage. Maybe it's a child's or a grandchild's marriage. But you have experienced this firsthand. And as we mentioned in our last podcast, all of us have played with adultery our minds, if not with our bodies. Infidelity can mean more than physical adultery. It can mean unfaithfulness to your vow to love and cherish and honor and obey your husband. No one has ever kept this commandment perfectly. What legacy, then, can we leave for the coming generations? How can we try to live out this commandment? Remember that each commandment is two sided. While prohibiting something, it also promotes the opposite. This commandment is promoting the beauty of a holy romance between one man and one woman in the bond of sacred marriage. How can we promote strong marriages in the years ahead? Well, first of all, let's guard our own spirits, as we're told in Malachi 2. Someone once said, marriages are made in heaven, but so are lightning and thunder. (laughs) How are you guarding your spirit against the storms of life? We are all like the proverbial puddle. We look clear enough until someone steps in and stirs up what's inside to cloud that once clear water. What rises to your surface when you're bugged, tired, agitated, angry? Maybe you're disappointed in your husband. His earning power or his lack of personal drive, his time-consuming hobbies, His spiritual malaise. Maybe it's the conflicts with the in laws or your less than thrilling times of intimacy. Maybe it's his inability to understand your moods and your needs. Is there simmering beneath your exterior a longing to be free from the inevitable confinements of a lifetime promise? Oh, dear listener. Don't let that simmer turn into a boil. Oh my, ask God for his help. You see, marriage has to be an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. That commitment means a willingness to sometimes be unhappy.
1: I always think that love is not, it's not always a feeling. It's a commitment. When we say, I love you to my husband, we're saying whether I'm happy or or agitated, or irritable, I'm vowing to be yours.
0: Yes, yes, that's so good, Heidi. Well, let's think about two things that can help us to live out this seventh commandment. The first I'd like to recommend is this, guard your spirit. (laughs) Matthew 15, 19 puts it this way, guard your spirit for out of the heart come evil thoughts, adultery, sexual immorality, and others are listed in that verse, but we're talking about adultery today. So how do you guard your spirit? Well, you need to feed your soul with the things of God, not the sewage of this earth. One way to guard your spirit is to have a daily encounter with the lover of your soul, Jesus Christ. Are you spending time in the word? Are you letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly? Think of how much time you spent just yesterday watching the news, reading blogs, watching videos or TV, I might say listening to podcasts, although I'm glad you're (laughs) listening to ours, What was occupying your mind with language and scenes which tempt you to unhappiness, dissatisfaction, unholiness, to sin? We read uh, in our last podcast from Matthew 5, 27 through 30. Heidi, I think it's worth it to read that again. Would you please read for us Matthew 5, verses 27 through 30? Sure.
1: For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Janie, this verse is so helpful. I think about all the things that I've come across in life that I've had to stop. There were some TV shows that at times I was into and Mike said, what are you watching? Or as I was watching it, I felt different things in my heart and I thought this isn't good. Or the worst is when I get a book and I take it to the beach and I'm enjoying my book and as I get into it, There's things in it that are not good for my soul. And I have to say, I'm going to shut this book and I'm not going to pick it up again because it just muddies the water. And why invite anything into our hearts that can muddy our water and tempt us towards anything that isn't complete love with Jesus and complete love with our husbands?
0: That's so good, Heidi. I'm just so glad to hear you testify to that because jesus uses strong language in those yeah, verses you just jesus read says,
1: cut it off and throw it away yeah
0: or how did he put it tear out your eye or gouge it out some versions say i mean that's strong what he's saying and what you're testifying to is you're you're willing to endure pain to leave sinful habits behind yeah, You're willing but to it's say, hard. No. you know,
1: it's hard to shut the book. And sometimes I even will tell Mike, Mike, what I'm reading, there's schmuck in it. And so I just have to put this in the trash can. And that's not yes. fun because then I don't have a book. But it's I'd so much rather do that than let my heart get muddy.
0: Yes, yes. Well, that's good, Heidi. That that helps with our first point. Guard your spirit, dear listener. Whatever the cost, be willing to endure pain to guard your spirit. Secondly, I just want to encourage those of you who are married to set your heart and your body toward your husband. Let me encourage you in this way. We need to love our mates with all that we have. You see, it's not just having a husband, but loving him that makes you live in unity with him. I believe you really marry three men. (laughs) The one you thought he was when you met him, the one he really is, and the one he will become by living with you his whole life. What will your husband become because you said yes to his proposal to marriage? Will he be helped to obey this command by your loving Willing, happy responses to him? Happily married women know that having a husband does not make a marriage any more than having a piano makes a musician. Study your mate. Do you know his needs? Do you understand them? Ephesians 5.33 teaches us that your husband needs your admiration and respect. He needs you to appreciate him and value him. Are you proud of him? I love Sarah Teasdale's little poem called Appraisal. There's a stanza in it that goes like this. Never think she loves him wholly. Never believe her love is blind. All his faults are locked securely in a closet of her mind. Oh, let others hear you speak well of your husband. Admire and respect him. He also needs a home to retreat to for quiet and peace and refuge. Have you tried to create that for your man? On our website, we'll have several proverbs In this episode, we won't take time to read them now, but there'll be several proverbs there that you can go to and look up and think, am I following the Lord's wisdom in this way? Your husband also needs a woman of both inner and outer beauty. He needs to be proud of you in public and also in private. Does your husband find you attractive? Does he find you tasteful? Again, there'll be scriptural references on our website with this podcast script to look up if you'd like to delve into that more deeply. Your husband needs physical intimacy with his wife. The Bible talks a lot about this. God delights in the romance of marital love. If your husband obeys the seventh commandment, you will be the only God-blessed source of personal, physical enjoyment that he will ever experience. Give him the joy and pleasure that one can only experience within the security of a godly marriage. Proverbs 5 instructs your husband to become drunk or intoxicated or captivated with your love. Are you helping him obey the Lord in this way? If the physical part of your relationship doesn't become all it can be, your marriage can still survive because sex is not everything. But let me tell you, your marriage will have a soft spot, a vulnerable side where Satan can attack. Let me close um, our podcast today by sharing a favorite Anne Landers column of mine. I've it comes from the Chicago Tribune from, I believe, 1965. But I love this little story. It's a beautiful love story of a, of a family celebrating their parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Heidi, I love this so much. Would you like to read it for our listeners?
1: Ah, This is such a fun story. Yes, I'd be happy to, Janie. Last weekend, my parents left on a long-awaited trip to Hawaii. They were as excited as if it were their honeymoon. When my parents married, they only had enough money for a three-day trip 50 miles from home. They made a pact that each time they made love, they would put a dollar in a special metal box and save it for a honeymoon in Hawaii for their 50th anniversary. Dad was a policeman and mom was a school teacher. They lived in a modest house and did all their own repairs. Raising five children was a challenge and sometimes money was short, but no matter what emergency came up, dad would not let mom take any money out of the Hawaii account. As the account grew, they put it in a savings account and then bought CDs. My parents were always very much in love. I can remember dad's coming home and telling mom, I have a dollar in my pocket. (laughs) And she would smile at him and reply. I know how to spend it. (laughs) When each of us children married, mom and dad gave us a small metal box and told us their secret, which we found enchanting. All five of us are now saving for our dream honeymoons. Mom and dad never told us how much money they had managed to save, but it must have been considerable because when they cashed in those CDs, they had enough for airfare to Hawaii plus hotel accommodations for 10 days and plenty of spending money. As they told us goodbye before leaving, Dad winked and said, Tonight, we are starting an account for Cancun. That should only take 25 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? I what love a that sweet. story. I do too.
1: It's so sweet. Wow. Janie, I wanted to mention too, As Mike and I have worked on our romance over the years, and just, you know, we all go through seasons in marriage where we need to be drawn closer together. There is one book that we've been going through kind of these past two months. It's called Husband in Pursuit and Wife in Pursuit. It's two separate books, but they, you can use them separately. Say you want to do it and your husband doesn't, or you can do it as a couple. And it's written by um, some Christian authors And like little daily challenges of how to love your husband based on scripture, how to pursue him in ways that would make him feel loved. And we have so enjoyed it these past two months. So I just wanted to add that little tidbit in for our listeners. If you're looking for something to kind of deepen the intimacy in your marriage, that might be a great idea.
0: What a good idea. Husband in pursuit or wife 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 in pursuit. pursuit. Wonderful. Oh, I hope our listeners... Grab a copy and benefit from it. Thanks, Heidi. Well, let's draw this to a close by praying. I'm just going to pray for the marriages represented uh, through our listening audience, okay? Oh, God, creator of marriage, designer of romance and commitment, we need you. And I want to ask your blessing over every marriage that is represented through our listeners today. Heidi's and my marriage as well. Father, safeguard them, protect them against the wiles of the devil. Oh, Lord God, raise up strong marriages that show the love of Jesus for his bride, the church, to the world, that protect the children who are being raised in them. Lord, I pray for those who are listening whose hearts are breaking over divorces right now. Comfort them. Draw near to them. Give them hope. And Lord, we just ask as we walk through the coming weeks, months, and years that our lives will show forth the glory of Jesus Christ as you restore our souls. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is generously funded through Renewal Ministries. If you would like to discover more about Jannie and Ray's ministry or make a donation, visit their website at renewalministries.com. If you have a question for Jannie or would like to learn more about this podcast, please visit our website at herestoresmysoul.org.